that walk, that walk, that walk. Keep rolling, 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 rolling. Keep rolling, 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 rolling. Keep rolling, rolling. This is Walk and Roll Live. This is Walk and Roll Live. A podcast dedicated to the disabled community, sharing stories of courage and triumph, joy and discovery, and everyday successes and challenges. Now, here are your hosts, Doug Vincent and Eric Aguilar. Hello and welcome to Walk and Roll Live. I'm Doug Vincent along with Eric Aguilar and another week of Tom Fuller here on the radio uh, or wherever we are. <laughs> that's my that's my radio background coming out again. Uh, our podcast. Yes, here, Tom Fuller on the podcast. There we go. So uh, we'll get into it here uh, after the break a little bit deeper, but uh, we've had some we had some challenges today. Uh, today is the day that we normally record our podcast, but our our guest, who we've tried to have on a few times, Miss Cody Williams, uh, she had a, something come up and couldn't make our recording, and and we got to schedule something else. And I want to make sure that we get something on this week. I think, like I mentioned on here, our goal is to do one a week, so I want to stick to that. You know, you guys listen, and I appreciate that, and so. Uh, you guys are holding us accountable for putting something on every week. So uh, then we uh, we contacted a fellow that uh, I've known for a few years through Rolling Start, Captain Mike, who does fishing trips for, I say kids with disabilities, but it might even be some adults as well. You know, we were going to learn all about that today, but we just couldn't make the technology work. So they didn't. So what you're in for today is Eric and I just yakking, right, Eric? Right, I was really looking forward to that too, Doug. And I had a good uh, name for the for this for the title of this uh, episode. I was going to call it a real fishing story. You have a Captain fishing Mike. story? No, 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 no. I was going to call the episode a real fishing story. With a Captain real Mike. fishing. I got it. I got it now. Sorry, a little slow on the uptake. Hey, um, well, tell us a little bit about uh, who we're trying to get on for next week. You have a friend that that we're going to do next week if everything goes smoothly, right? Oh, my best friend, Crystal. Uh, oh man, forgive me if um, if I butcher her last name, Elmin Elmendo. Okay, Elmendo. And, and um, so you've known her for quite a while, right? Oh yeah, me and her have been pals for since uh, we went to uh, San Bernardino Valley College. And the backstory with me and her is that she became my friend uh, back when I was um, going through a, a very bad breakup at the time, and I was kind of getting down on my luck up here. Mm-hmm. In the old noggin. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, don't give it. Don't give it all away. We'll go into it next week, right? Oh no, 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 no. <laughs> and this is a and this is a, and this is a really good story though, because in a, it, because in a way, it kind of ties into her backstory of where she is right now. Yeah. Good. So we'll learn about where, from where you guys met to her life and what's uh, been going on with her. It sounds like she's got a, a good story. Yeah. And what and what's really and what's really cool is um, for as long as I've known her. I really don't know much about her, about her, her backstory or where she came from. All right. So we'll all learn together. I like it. I like it. All right. That'll be next week. All right. So uh, we're going to take a quick break and uh, then we'll, we'll just kind of fill the day with whatever we've come up with. Uh, You know, we'll talk a little bit about what we've been doing in the last week and, and some things that Eric's been doing. He's uh, a bit of a celebrity. He doesn't like that. Uh, characterization but he's a little bit of a celebrity so we'll talk about that when we get back on walk and roll live a professional training offers comprehensive organizational development 
and organizational effectiveness services for corporations, nonprofits, educational institutions, and individuals. What they do is improve work environments in key areas, such as performance management gaps, group interactions, morale and trust building, and team dynamics, to name just a few. Using a strength-based approach in conjunction with individual or group coaching, all of the strategies have produced significant results. APT also assists with managing change, improving work processes, training, and management of human capital. Learn more at agarprofessionaltraining.com, A-G-U-I-A-R, professionaltraining.com. Vincent and this is Eric Aguilar. How you doing, buddy? Hey, how you doing, folks? This is Eric Aguilar here, coming to you live. What a morning we have had. Let's see. Where do I start? We've been trying for weeks. We've been talking about having Cody Williams on from Possibilities. We've talked many times about Possibilities, and I thought, finally, we're going to have her on today. We're going to find out all about Possibilities, this thing we've been talking about, and really kind of give our listeners a good idea of what it, it's all about. And about an hour before we were going to record, I found out that uh, she had a little, uh, um, I don't want to say emergency. I don't know if it, it rises to that uh, level, but it, she just couldn't make the show. Uh, that's the long and short of it. So uh, here we are uh, again, without a guest. Now we tried, uh, I made contact to a, a gentleman that I've known for a few years and just a great guy. And he does fishing trips for kids with disabilities. And he's been doing that for years. And I, I think I woke up out of a, a deep sleep. I called him this morning to see if he could be a last minute guest. And he was all for it. So that was awesome. And then we tried to get him in on the Zoom call. And he's not the, the most technic, technical savvy person uh, in the world. And uh, so we just could, and and, and I'm a, just a step or two probably ahead of him. So uh, I couldn't figure it out. And most of the times when you invite somebody for like a Zoom call, and that's how we do this, by the way, uh, just don't share the video, but um, <laughs> giving away our secrets, right, Eric? So so <laughs> we try to get around. Most of the time when you do an invitation, there are phone numbers. So if you can't get on with video, you just call in. And for one, I couldn't figure out how to add those calls. I just thought they added them, you know, automatically, but evidently they don't. And I Googled it and did searches and went on with their their chat bat bot or whatever you call them to try to figure that out. And I couldn't. So what we've come to is we're just going to chat for a while. This may be a, a, a short uh, episode, but uh, Eric and I are just going to, Regale you with our escapades from the last week. How's that sound? So, you, what, did you have a good week? Have a good weekend? Tell us all about it. Yeah, weeks are, week, weekends are kind of slow because it's my time to relax and rejuvenate and recharge. I like to do a lot of cleaning on the weekends. And if there's some chores, 
I say, you know what? It's Saturday. I'm not doing nothing, man. But then I look at the dishes and I'm like, oh, heck, I'll do them anyway. That's a good guy. That's a good guy. They're not going to clean themselves. Right. Yeah. You don't just let them stack up for day after day after day. That's good. Because I'm not really a neat freak or I don't have um, obsessive compulsion when it comes to cleaning, but I just don't like messes, you know? Right. Right. I guess. I'm with you. I'm with you. I like a clean ship. Yes. I, and I, I know people are the other way and, you know, I don't judge, but yeah, I, I got to have things a little tidier myself. So like, you uh, sent me a text this morning. I'm trying to find it here real quick because uh, our man, Eric, he's always going. I don't know if you can kind of tell he's he's a man on the go. we got all kinds of things. So this is a, a, a newsletter, right? Is that what this is? Their newsletter It's the voices oh, yes, of SSAN. Yeah. Tell us about it. Oh, yes. I was featured in a newsletter for the Statewide Self-Advocacy Network. It's just like what I'm doing with the uh, San Bernardino State Council Regional Advisory Committee, but it's a bigger audience, and I'm doing it from a state-based perspective. And this article indicates my uh, mini-story of what's been going on with me since the rise of COVID up to now. They say some very, very nice things about Eric. Um, And so, again, what does SSAN stand for? It's the, the, statewide statewide the statewide self-advocacy network. All right. So t- t- tell us a little bit about what they do. They're just like um, what I do back home with the state council in San Bernardino, but they're uh, statewide based. And um, my goal for them is to teach. I uh, write emergency tips for their newsletter every so often. It's a four-year term. We meet every uh, two months for about two days from eight to two o'clock you know, for our regular meetings and we go over the agenda. Everybody has their time to do a lecture or a project they've been working on. And usually uh, weeks leading up to the uh, next meeting, there's a group of us that, you know, try to contribute to the newsletter as much as we possibly can. Yeah. So it's almost like being on on Sesame street in a way. On Sesame street. Mm -hmm. Very nice. And tell us uh, like, what are some of the projects they're working on for, advocacy for statewide i see it more as a as a as a nerve center and in in a network for pushing out information for people with uh, disabilities and access and funk needs kind of like what we do what loma linda possibility does the rolling start the state council developmental disabilities but on a larger scale okay i got you so so this is uh the group that all of the different agencies and 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 services from around the state, all the different communities that have their own local, like Rolling Start that we've talked to and, and team possibilities. So they belong to this. And so can you maybe describe a little bit about what exactly advocacy means to us in the disabled community? It gives uh, people a, a voice, you know, if they want some changes, um, you know, with transportation, housing, <laughs> Medicare or Medi-Cal or social security offices. Like if there's something that we don't like and we want to change it, we band together as a group and we write up proposals and then we start advocating for other individuals with disabilities. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I, I know like with Rolling Start, you know, with our advocacy, you really want to teach people to be self advocates but sometimes you, you kind of come up against an issue. You need, you need your, your friends to back you up. Right. 
Yes, sir. Yeah. So this organization, I imagine, helps kind of organize those efforts when it gets to that that uh, that level. So so somebody like to advocate for themselves. Like when I moved in to the, the home where I, I live now, there were places where say a, a road would come up to another road and it wasn't an intersection, but it was a T, right? So on the side of the T where there were corners, there were ramps for a wheelchair, but you couldn't cross the street there. So you, if you wanted to go across, you'd have to come all the way down the street to where there was an intersection. So you can get across and get up on the sidewalk on the other side. You know, so if you were, you'd have to go way South to pick that crossover up to go north where you intentionally wanted to go in the first place. So I just contacted the city and, uh, you know, said we need some, some access ramps along the sidewalk. And, you know, there was no fight whatsoever. All I had to do was ask. And the only thing the gentleman that I talked to said is, you know, we tend to, what we do is we, we wait until there's enough of them to do. He, but he said that, and that's not long. It takes about 30 days. So about every 30 days we go out and work on all these things. So I just told him, you know, where they were needed. And he says, great. And within, couldn't have been more than two or three weeks, they had a crew out there and, and put these ramps in. So now it's much easier to get around the neighborhood. And and, and that happens a lot, right, Eric? You, you get folks that if they're not disabled, they're not thinking that way and they don't see the issue. So we just have to kind of point them out most of the time. Sometimes it's a little harder, a little harder fight, but yeah. That's really good, but at the same time, construction drives me crazy because they do construction at the worst time in the worst possible spots. <laughs> yeah. And that's yeah. where I say, oh, lousy construction. <laughs> yeah, there, there, there's been times when I've I've been out on a sidewalk and you get, you know, you do, there's access at one end of the sidewalk and you, you know, you go way, you know, you go 100 yards down the sidewalk only to get to the other end and there's no way to get off. You know, so you have to come all the way back unless you got some friends to help you or if you're adept enough of jumping off a curb with your wheelchair. But, uh, you know, just some of the things we run into, right? Well, congratulations. What I want to do, I want to get a hold of this, uh, a copy of this newsletter because you texted it to me, but I need a, an actual copy. So we'll, we'll hunt it down and we'll get it up on walkandrolllive.com so everybody can read it because they do say some very, very nice things about our man, Eric. So, hey, uh, I, I don't think I had a chance yet. And I just wanted to make sure that everybody knows that we're coming to you from the Aguiar Professional Training Studio. Uh, we'll hear more about that as uh, it goes on there. There's just some people that are supporting the efforts that Eric and I are, are doing. Well, this weekend I went to a, uh, it's an annual thing. It's called a Hot Rod Barbecue. You know, uh, just a little bit of a background because uh, I could probably fill it out or I, I my daughter always says, you've told that story before or you're going on way too long. But so, Eric, if I go too long, you let me know. But uh, <laughs> I started years ago doing a car show as a fundraiser for a Kiwanis club that I was involved in. And I knew nothing about car shows. So I heard about this thing called the Inland Car Council. And so I went to them and it was just where once a month, all the different clubs they would send representatives to this this uh, car council so I could kind of learn about car clubs and all those things. And and then there was a few people that were doing car, car shows. So I invited myself to go to their committee meeting so I could watch and learn 
how to do a car show. So it's just grown. So now I'm really kind of, they're great people. I learned the very first meeting that I went to, just to give you an idea, the very first meeting I went to, and I talked about the car show that I was doing and when it was coming up and all that. And when the meeting got done, there had to be at least four or five people just independently came over and said, Hey, if you need any help, you let me know. I'm like, Hey, these are good people. Right. So, so uh, for, I did that for years and, for, and then kind of also simultaneously at the same time, the car council had, was in their club that wanted to start what he called a hot rod barbecue. And this guy was from Georgia. So he spent time here and he spent time in Georgia country boy. I mean, like out of central casting, if you met this guy, this is what you would, you know, th- this was everything you'd want in a guy that was, uh, you know, a good old country boy. Right. But he wanted to put on this thing. So the, the kind of the idea is they, they buy a bunch of meat, you know, they'll get chicken and beef and ribs or whatever. Then they get together cooking teams that want to cook and then they judge them and get together and just eat and have a good time. So, but I always did my show on the same weekend they're doing this cook-off. So I never got to go. And then the, the show that I was doing ended a few years ago. COVID kind of, you know, helped stop that. But at any rate, um, so now I'm free to go to it. So now I've been going the last two or three years. So this year they had, I think, 10, 11, 12 different cooking teams. We just take over a campground up in Lytle Creek, everybody's motorhomes. And, and we're there for like three days, just eating and telling tall tales and, and doing all that. So this was the, this past weekend, a good time. And then, and it always falls on the same weekend that um, that Fontana has their half marathon that starts way up in Lytle Creek and then runs down Sierra down in all the way down into Fontana into downtown. And so that closes that off and they go out and they encourage everybody as they run by and, and then it's, it, you know, blocks off Sierra. So I can't get or Riverside Drive, actually, which turns into the road that goes up into Lytle Creek. So that, that long, boring story. So, um, so it's, it's fun. I mean, it's a great time getting together with these, you know, these old, they, and I was telling some people this weekend, it's, it's the over the hill gang is the, uh, is the car club. These guys bust on each other better than anybody I've ever seen. They give each other, <laughs> they give each other so much crap. It is just, it's just fun. So, um, if you're a car guy, you know, let me know and uh, we'll get you on there next next year. It's fun. I love car shows because let me tell you, when I go to car shows, I see real cars, not yeah. real cars. Yeah. Not like the cars that are made out of, um, you know, eco-friendly or run on electricity or the Teslas that are always catching on fire. No, no, no. Those aren't cars. Yeah. Yeah. And unfortunately, you know, there's, they're the enemy now in uh, with the new age, you know, I don't want to get into a whole political thing, but yeah, I mean, literally they are the enemy and they, there are legislation that's being brought forward all the time where it, it makes it tougher and tougher for people to restore those old cars. And it's, it's so much more than, you know, I, I think people that don't understand and are more about like the cars you're talking about, the eco-friendly ones and all that. It's all about that, but with custom cars, it's an art form, you know, you know, there's those types, those creative types that, you know, some people, their medium is wood or paint or, you know, whatever it is, these guys and gals, it just happens to be cars. 
and they truly are works of art. You know, that's, it's something that just comes into their mind and then they have the talent and the skills to create what they see in their mind in metal and whatever, you know? So I remember a couple of years back, if not a few, a couple when I was first uh, dating my fiance, um, we went to this really cool car show in Fontana. There was this beautiful, beautiful Chevy, Chevy convertible truck that was built in the fifties. And I said, man, if I was able to drive, that'd be my dream car. My first car, any car, any car. Yeah. Yeah. It really is amazing. Just from one to the next and so many different genres in inside that umbrella of custom cars. You know, there's, uh, there's a gal that she'd been putting on a show. She's, started it with her husband gosh what is it got to be close to 40 years ago now up in Paso Robles and they moved it to Santa Maria and they get thousands and thousands of cars and it's all about customs like the cars that are from the 40s say that are chopped and all that and so that's kind of their whole genre and then there's there's whole shows devoted to trucks there's shows devoted to you know particular makes and models there's a whole Corvette show or a whole Mustang show Mopar shows. Yeah, you know. Mustang Pride, man. <laughs> Tractors. There's a tractor show. I haven't made it to that, but I want to go to that. There's a tractor show down just, just south of, you know, where we are in Southern California. Got to get to that one someday. So, so what else? What else did you do this week? I've always envisioned myself um, showing up in some sort of a machine or a contraption as an entrance. Which is which is actually cool. Exactly. Yeah. There there are no rules a lot of times. It's just whatever your imagination can come up with. I don't know if you know who. Uh, what's his name? I want to say it right. I think it's Ian Roussel. He's got a show on Motor Trend and and it's called Full Full Custom, I think. But this guy, oi, this guy thinks outside of the box. I'm trying to think of some of the things that he's made. He, he made a few things uh, for movies. And I guess he does a lot of that in the background of kind of the mechanics of, of what they want to do, you know, talk about creative, you know, people in movies are coming up to, with things for some movies that are, you know, just don't even exist in the real world. So this guy, I think helps him create them, but, but he'll, I mean, he did, the, he made it like a hot rod boat. I know in one episode where he, he just basically took a shell of a boat, you know, and put a chassis in it with tires and wheels. And so it's, you see this thing looks like a boat driving down the road. So yeah, he'll 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 do just about anything. Now that would be a sight for sore eyes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like you, you may not believe your eyes. <laughs> you know, is that a boat hey. going down the road? Yeah. Hey, so. After everything I see these days, I almost believe anything. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But then I never. But then I always, uh, you know, remember the golden rules. You know, looks can be deceiving. Oh, um, you know, the other thing I wanted to ask you, too, is uh, I know you were tied up this morning. Uh, you had a, what was it? Tell me, help me out here. First, um, I had to do a remedial session for a class I've been doing for about two months. It's on in- instructional uh, system design. I was taking the course on to learning how to design my own courses one day. So that way, mm-hmm. I could say not only that I'm the instructor for the course, but I'm also its inventor. And that's gotcha. when people would drop, would drop their mouths to the floor. Like what? <laughs> what? <laughs> no way. So, so when you say remedial, it sounds like you're getting in trouble for something. What? I don't understand. Oh, no, 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 no. Remedial is, <laughs> um, I usually don't do um, very well on post tests. I don't pass them at first. 
and uh, they give you like so many tries to do them during the um, actual lecture. And I've taken remedial sessions a couple of times that what they do is they go over the material with you. And then uh, within a few minutes, I pass the uh, post test but a bing, but a bip onto the next class. Awesome. Gotcha. So that's just another reason why I admire you, buddy. So you, you have some challenges because of your disability. Yeah. Yeah, because with my learning disability, you got to walk yeah. through something with me, maybe step by step or maybe three times. Then I'll click and be like, okay, 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 I get it now. <laughs> or I'll be like, okay, okay, wait, wait a minute. What was that last thing you said? Me? Or just you're saying in the, in the lesson. No no, 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 hypothetically, I'd be like, okay, what yeah, was that last gotcha, thing you said? Yeah, I got you. Well, it, I mean, you would never know it about Eric. I mean, you know, he talks about all these certificates. He doesn't get into the fact that it say may take him two or three times to get through some. What did you tell us the other day? You have a hundred, couple hundred certificates. Over 300 from the start of COVID up to now, because even before COVID, I was dabbling around, you know, with the online courses pointed towards people with access and functions and people with disabilities. But after I got into Loma Linda possibilities and emergency management and certain all that good stuff, I started taking a shine to people with disabilities and looking towards a disaster uh, situations. And I yeah. even asked myself to this day, you know, what would I do if, you know, stuff ever hit the fan? Well, you know, uh, and you probably have been made aware of this, but about when it, five, six years ago now, maybe even longer time flies, but there was flooding up in Northern California and there was Lake Orville, Orville. Is it Lake Orville. And the dam, there was there was real danger that the dam might burst. They found some cracks in it. So they evacuated everybody below the dam. Well, in that process, they found out that the system hadn't really taken into consider- consideration evacuating people with disabilities and, and their needs. You know, it's, I mean, it's one like if I had to get evacuated, uh, you know, it wouldn't be a whole lot different than the rest of the population. You know, I just have to make sure that I get my wheelchair taken with me, you know, and I'm good. But there are people who they have medical equipment that keeps them alive, respirators and just all of those things. So, you know, how do you transport those people? Or there's people that have very specific chairs, power chairs that they need. And, um, you know, so many times when a when the first responders are coming, you know, and these chairs can be very heavy and I'm kind of preaching to the choir here, but you know, for those people that, that don't know, you know, there are chairs that, that they're not really ready to, uh, uh, the, the first responders aren't equipped or educated enough about, you know, to make sure that they bring those along, you know, they're there and they want to save a life and they're not looking beyond the, the other needs. So, so there's been a lot of work in the disaster preparedness uh, community oh, through OES and, and all of that, the Office of Emergency Services statewide, they've reached out to independent living centers and which they did at the time, you know, and so we've, we've implemented um, procedures and policies on how to kind of help the first responders, educate the first responders, have them, you know, or, or have us at the table when they're planning, because they already have a whole system. And Eric, I'm sure you could talk much more about this, but there's there's whole networks of people, right, that statewide and down to, to, to local counties and cities and everything that there's 
things put together to, to prepare for this. When I was teaching the course on evacuation for uh, possibilities, uh, I realized, you know, while I was teaching the lecture that, you know, not every plan's going to be perfect or 100%, but it will even out your chances in the situation. And yeah. let's say uh, you and uh, me were trying to evacuate. Sure, we'll be able to get you in the chair in the car, but let's say uh, we're so backed up that we can't even continue on in the car. You know, chances are we're going to have to continue on by foot. Yeah. And that's where things start to get crazy. Yeah. It's like a roller coaster. And you never know which way you're going. Yes. And, and, I, and I, again, you can speak to this, but I'm sure in your discussions and all of those things, it, it, there's nothing cookie cutter about it. You know, there's no, because every person with a disability has very specific needs. You know, th- there's, there may be a few of those needs that might be common in, in a lot of different people, but each person has very different specific things. Like I talk about with respirators and all of those different things. I know that we're uh, with a program at Rolling Start where they have, they have emergency power systems that through the power companies that they donate for free to the people in need. And there's a process to go through that and all that. Yeah. Right. And it brings it back to the point you were saying about first responders, uh, being able to equip for uh, people with disabilities you know, I always uh, keep it in mind, you know, not everybody has like uh, that claw thingy that picks up the wheelchair and puts it in the car yep. for you as yep. uh, after you enter the vehicle. Exactly. And I think those things are pretty cool. A couple of my friends have those. I saw one for the first time and then I saw the claw thingy. I see it pick up the chair. I was like, no way. <laughs> I, now, uh, I'm going to. I, I want to tell this story that that, that reminds me of a story that I, I want to tell, but I don't want to go off on a tangent. One, one thing before I do, or if, if I do is that, and again, Eric, please help me with this, but you know, you, you teach these, these disaster preparedness classes and that's kind of a big overview and it gives people ideas, but really when it comes down to it, you have to create your own plan to address your own needs. And that goes whether you're able-bodied or not, right? Yeah, but just like making pizza. Sure, everybody likes pizza, but everybody's pizza is going to be different. Yeah, yeah. And evidently, no pineapple. People are against that very strongly. (laughs) Why? People don't like pineapple? On their pizza. I love pineapple. I like it on my pizza. Please don't hate me. (laughs) You know, the the thing I was going to tell you... is uh, a guy got a hold of me years ago and this guy, he had worked, I believe it's been a while, but he, I, I believe he worked in the, in the auto racing community. And, and he was, you know, he built cars and, you know, all the physics and engineering that goes along with setting up a car and building a car and all that. And this guy was in his eighties. And I can't remember now exactly how he got inspired to do this, but I I think he saw that need for somebody and saw somebody that got transferred through what, you know, through one of those, um, the hoist with a, like with a, a hammock type. I'm at a loss for words here. I'm sorry. Um, what do they call that? Um, it'll come to me. But anyway, 
But you see them many times to, to move somebody from a bed into their chair, from a chair into the shower, those kinds of things. Well, in this guy's mind, he's like, well, why, why don't you just build the lift on a wheelchair, you know, on somebody's power chair or whatever. And he's, so I think he started working on it and I think he developed it. And what everybody told him in the industry, in the people that, that were manufacturing wheelchairs and power chairs and all of that can't be done because the weight, you know, once you, you try to lift somebody out of their chair and then try to move them, it, the, it'll topple over and you just, you can't do it. It can't be done. You know, I guess they, they have tried and said it couldn't be done. Well, this guy was, somebody put him in touch with me because he thought I could help him, you know, get the word out somehow. And, and I wanted to so badly because he, he packs that thing up and he brings it to my house to show me. And, and he sure enough, he's got this chair and he's got this hoist that he's designed and put on the chair and he sits in it and it picks him up and, and puts him over, you know, to one side and drops him down. Never somehow he figured out through his engineering expertise how to do that and, and accomplish that. So, oh, I love those guys, man. Right. I wish I knew a lot about engineering. Those guys that don't take no for an answer, you know, when they say it can't be done, they just look at that as a challenge, right? So, yeah, you got to admire them. Absolutely. Oh, man. So, that's our story for today. You got anything else? I was going to say, man, if they can build me some artificial limbs and legs, I'll be happy. I mean, I don't care if I end up becoming half human and half scrap heap down the road. You know, they, they're coming up with lots of things. So, don't give up on that dream. You know, so what do you got? Uh, what do you got planned for the week ahead? Well, the week ahead, uh, just this um, upcoming course that I'm attending. It's called uh, Language Inclusive for Emergency uh, Management. And it's going to come real handy for people who are uh, non-English speaking or has uh, English as a first language. There'll be more on that um, right after the week. Okay. All right. We'll, uh, we'll touch base with you on that next week. What Are you uh, bilingual? I'm learning a little bit of Spanish, uh, little by little, but it's I've only picked up uh, basic stuff. Like, here's a little demonstration. Hola, ¿cómo estás, señor? Me amo, Eric Aguilar. Mucho gustos. I said, uh, hello, uh, my name is Eric Aguilar. Nice to meet you. Very nice. I, I, I understood that. I think I remember that from <laughs> sixth grade uh, Spanish. <laughs> Very good. All right, we'll test you from time to time and see how it's coming. You Muy bien. Yeah, right, right. Right. All right, we'll be right back in a moment here, and we'll uh, we'll wrap things up and tell you a few things that are going on, and uh, we'll close out this week's edition through all of our trials and tribulations on Walk and Roll Live. We'll be right back. Tom has been a teacher for over 40 years. One day, I think one of the students had asked the question and he didn't remember the answer. And I also noticed that he was letting his class out earlier than they were supposed to let out. I was really starting to worry. Levi and I talked about how it would change our lives, but he was there beside me. When something feels different, it could be Alzheimer's. Now is the time to talk. Visit alz.org slash our stories to learn more. A message from the Alzheimer's Association and the Ad Council. 
appreciate it very much. I know you've got your disaster preparedness classes we've talked about a little bit. I won't get into all the dates and all that stuff this uh, week, but you can go to the web page, our website walkandrolllive.com and uh, go to the events page. There's a link and uh, you can learn more about it. Uh, anything else that uh, that we know about that's going on we'll put it on the events page. If you have something that you want to add to the events place, please Send us an email at warlive at walkandrolllive.com. And there is a contact uh, form on the website if you want to just go through that and let us know uh, about any events, anything, you know, anything, right, Eric? Anything positive, negative, uh, some some uh, creative uh, suggestions for the show whatever, or show ideas? Absolutely. Yeah, that's one of the crazy things about me, even outside the show. You know, you never know what's going to happen next. I mean, some days feel like filler episodes, but then sometimes it feels like I'm pulling back, you know, for something bigger. You know, it's all building It's all building up like in a series or a yes. climax. Yes. You know, we um, we talked a little bit about when we were chatting about the statewide. Um, um, tell me again, statewide. The statewide self-advocacy network. Self-advocacy network. Um I was thinking maybe we should have somebody on from there. Is there like a director or how's that work? I'll look into um, who's in charge and uh, we'll see if we could add them as a guest speaker. Cause when I joined up at the statewide South Barracks network, it gave me a golden opportunity to jump out of my comfort zone in backyard yeah. and see um, how I do on a bigger audience at a larger scale. And part of the deal of being a member is it's a four year deal and we meet uh, at least four times a year. Okay. Where were so they far, based? Go ahead. Sacra- the, uh, the Sacramento. Yeah, and ever yeah. since COVID started, we've been meeting by Zoom. But sooner or later, we're going to meet in person. And when we do meet in person, my first uh, question is, uh, point me to the nearest pizza parlor because I enjoy a good pizza, no matter where it's from. <laughs> you you want to have the you want to have the meeting at a pizza parlor? That'll mm-hmm. be your suggestion? I like it. All right. So, uh, yeah, we'll try to get them on. And, and if you, a uh, listener, if you have any ideas, we're kind of pulling from our associates and friends and, you know, people that we deal with and we're out of Southern California. So that's where it is, but man, we want to grow this. So if there's something going on in your city, County, in your state or whatever, we'd love to hear more about it. All right. Uh, I think that's all I've got. Uh, one more thank you to Agar professional training uh, for uh, supporting us and kind of underwriting the studio here where uh, I and Eric can just ramble on about stuff so eric have a good week i'll talk to you soon all right so long folks that's the way the cookie crumbles walk and roll live is heard around the world at walk and pod bean and spotify like us at facebook.com slash walk and roll live you can email us at war live at walk and with comments observations or whatever's on your mind whatever's on your mind have a topic you'd like to hear or a guest you think would be great for the show let us know look for new episodes every tuesday afternoon thanks for listening